Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Grav, and welcome to another episode of the Rip Roaring Reds podcast. This is episode 15, where myself and my co-host Jace are going to be talking about the Arsenal victory over Everton at Goodison Park. Before we get into all of that, how are you this fine evening, Jace? Mate, I'm really good. I'm off this week, uh, so switching off, relaxing. Picked up a new car today, which was fun. Uh, I'm going on holiday for a few days tomorrow. So yeah, good. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm not as good as that. What, what could be better than that? New car and time off. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Uh, joining the Tesla crew, Jace. That's what I love to hear. Uh, sold yeah. you on the dream. Didn't get a referral or any commission. Though. Very upset by that. But welcome to the club. Um, <laughs> yeah, I played golf today. Uh, I haven't played golf in a while. And I actually had an absolutely fantastic game. We won. Uh, we played uh, Scramble, which means meant nothing to me about six months ago probably means nothing to you right now not um exactly <laughs> but you know <laughs> I, i'm really pleased with it got a little wooden medal um so you know uh i'm i'm as bright and as rosy as you're looking right now as well so yeah happy did, happy days did you just say a wooden medal i, I did because it's all that... very um uh what's that? it's very green nowadays it's very eco-friendly right you gotta can't be using all those non-recyclable uh, metals. Got to have the uh, the nice eco-friendly plant a tree and replacement, Jace. You know this is what this is what the modern Sounds, day world's all about. Sounds a bit Spursy, bit of a Spursy trophy to me. You know it does. Uh, my my trophy cabinet. I've got one behind me somewhere from work, knocking about. It, mine is not as bare as uh, Spurs's trophy cabinet. I'll have you know. Uh, so I've got a few knocking about. Um, right, like I said at the top of the episode, we're going to be talking about a big, 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 big three points against Everton at Goodison Park. So let me whack on that intro music and we're going to get stuck in. Saka. Saka! This is, this is my club. I'm shaking my head for those who obviously can't see me. So obviously uh, our, our music intro clip always finishes with Martinelli scoring for Arsenal. And obviously I think the last two games we, we've said that we haven't really experienced that. We're going to obviously have to talk about it again. Yeah, maybe I have. Maybe I'm going to shut up about it. I won't do it again next time. <laughs> right. Um, as we start every single episode, we're going to start with our Rip Room review. Uh, you know, it's been a few days. We've had some time uh, to stew on the results, some time to consume all the content, look at Twitter, listen to the other podcasts, watch the highlights, watch everything back. And I suspect that Jace is going to have something nice and red and roaring and as big a review as he can possibly give us. So what is your uh, rip and review this week, Jace? It's all about the XG and the goal scored. We, we're still not scoring enough. Um Away from home, we are a little bit uh, feel like we're a bit fragile, especially when we go to Everton or particular teams that are bogey teams. We feel a bit fragile. Yesterday's XG was uh, 0.8, 13 shots and only four on target. Um, so for me, the the thing is, we just need to get we need more goals. We need more goals. Um, a great performance, but but I I, I mean we should balance of the game we'll go into it but we we should have been scoring plenty more goals on sunday uh i think we had a few chances and and we didn't take them so yeah that's a start slightly sour note that's a slightly sour note to kick off the podcast but yeah that's my that's my review anything to add to that i mean i like the fact that you've gone maybe a bit more dour a bit more somber in your reflection of the game because um, it's always nice to have a little bit of unbiasedness, I suppose, when you come into these things and take off your, your red tinted glasses for a second. So, yeah, I kind of agree with you that we're probably, if we look back compared to the start we had last season, um, I do think we are scoring less. But I think we also uh, also are more solid defensively. or se- We certainly look more self-assured in that respect. So maybe it's balancing out a little bit, perhaps. Yeah. Bringing Tommy Asso on, mate, certainly in the second half. Made us look quite mm. solid, I thought. 
Um, for me, uh, it is it's a massive three points. Um, I am maybe not as uh, da- not as up on the performance. I wouldn't necessarily say it was a fantastic watch by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> it certainly wasn't nice to watch that game on, on occasions. There were flashes of brilliance in our play, but it found it difficult to unlock a relatively stubborn uh, Everton defence, as you, as you would expect. Um, but we we beat the hoodoo, you know. We, we've we've gone to Goodison, and it's been six years since we've taken anything from that ground. And so that in itself is, you, you can't look at how they look in the table, how they play, their manager, their players, all of that kind of other stuff. You need sometimes you've got to take all of that out of your brain and just consider our record there, how we set up against them, how they set up against us. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that I kind of took away from all of this was that we didn't get sucked into the the potential uh, drama and, uh, you know, uh, hysterics of that game like we maybe did against Liverpool last season. You know, when Xhaka lit the touch paper on that game and brought the uh, Anfield crowd back into that game, it turned that game on its head. And there were potential moments during this game where that could have happened and brought maybe the Everton fans back into the game and it didn't. And so, you know, they were quiet, um, which was good for us. We were able to play our game and kind of get those three points. So I'm super happy, ma- massively happy. The performance, like I say, I don't think was there though. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with that. Like I, I started with a bit of sour note because I'm being very critical on a specific element of our performance. But yeah, like the points are massive to get three points away at Everton, you know, yeah, it was a as you say, it wasn't the best game in the world. But would you rather watch the game we watched, or would you rather watch the game we played last season at Goodison Park? I think we know the answer, right? So yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I think it's a good, uh, good set of points on the road. Uh, three plus points that we didn't take last season. So yeah, actually, that's a good point because I was I was looking at that Everton and Fulham last year. We've we've already taken more points now than we have in the same games. Uh, last year so that in itself is an improvement um, that we kind of need to look at and I think we take we probably um, last season in particular maybe a bit off more than we could chew when it was coming towards the end we we kept on talking about taking one game at a time but I don't think we ever really were we got a little bit too consumed in the whole possibility of it happening and us winning the league and maybe that became all a bit too uh, real for some of the players and a bit too much pressure. And so we, we certainly are maybe taking a bit more pragmatism when it comes to these games, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's move on. Um, we're going to move on to our first topic, which is all about the starting lineup. The The, the title of this segment is Can You Handle uh, the Drop? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be interested, Jace, and see what you think. when you When you saw the lineup on Twitter... Or wherever you saw that starting eleven, did you even notice? Is the question I wanted to ask you. Yeah, of course I noticed. I mean, Ramsdale, Raya was the biggest one that it stood out to me because the Habits one, like everyone said, oh, that's a big thing. I'm like, not really. Like, in my, opinion. I mean, you you talked about it, right? You wanted it to happen. You called for it. I think you'd be happier. But I, I would just say, when I'm looking, I'm never looking at that top. I just kind of glaze over it because you just kind of expect and it, it did feel a bit I needed to like double take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so sorry, you were saying I called for the habits, Fabio for habits. Yeah, 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 yeah I did. But yeah, I wasn't expecting I it did catch me by surprise, the the Rambo for Raya. Um we knew it was gonna happen at some point. I thought it might be in the Champions League, if I'm honest. I thought it might be against PSV. Because you might have one cup, and because you've got two stable goalkeepers, and in, in, in the Champions League games, I thought Arteta may feel it safe enough to play him there. But um, yeah, so it caught me off guard. But uh, he did nothing wrong, uh, Raya. Uh, but there wasn't much for him to deal with either. On the other hand, the one thing I I will comment on because um, I know you got a few a few analytical points to go into. What I will comment on was observations, which were, he looked calm. Like, there's just, there's a difference in the way that, uh, you know, when they're in, when we're in the ground or whether you're watching on TV, 
when the ball comes to Ramsdale at the back, he always looks a little bit panicked. Even if he, he, in he, in himself, he is calm and composed and he's playing some good passes. To the fan side, I think he always looks a bit panicked. And I think that makes us always a bit nervous. Um, Raya played further up the pitch than Ramsdale did and never, I didn't get that same, like, kind of, uh, anxiety that I get when when Rambo's there, uh, and I think that's the way he's composing himself, the way he's got his shape, the way he's controlling the ball. Uh, I know it was Rambo's a bit more. Rambo's a bit more of the arms, looks a bit more messy sometimes, a bit more shaky, and I think that that you know, um, I think rival fans have cottoned on to that as well because they always you know when you know when they see it they go ooh and, and it's it's I know fans do that all the time, but Particularly, I think if, I feel like Ramsdale's been cutting on for doing that. So, yeah, um, not really much to judge Ryer on, to be honest. But um, solid performance, looked very composed. What did you think? Um, there's some really good points you just made, actually, Jace. I just wanted to, before I get into maybe some of my more analytical points, was we, we talked in previous pods of Ramsdale, particularly wearing his emotions on his sleeve a little bit in games. Yeah. Um, and like you said there, like maybe his uh, unnervy, his nerviness and his kind of uh, more physical emotiveness in games can really start to tell teams a story that they kind of want to then put a player on him or maybe attack the ball a bit heavier in the box. Um, Raya seems to be so much more robotic. Like he's not, he's emotionless. And although that can sometimes be read as like, you know, you, you want players to kind of be emotionally invested and physically invested in games with anger or other bits and pieces. But to, to have that in a goalkeeper is quite like reassuring, I would say. You kind of want that roboticness, right? Like mm. Saliba, Gabriel and Raya with roboticness is 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 quite reassuring. You know, you look mm. at City and you could argue that... Um, uh, Diaz, Haaland, particularly two players who are just like robots. Um, yes, they have their emotions when they score and celebrate and all of that, but they're, they're very... Um, it's like serious, it's professional. Serious, right? professional, consistent and repetitive. Yeah, And and that's what I see there. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I was also saying this, like, it's so interesting if I reflect as an Arsenal fan on the last kind of four four or five years, let's say, when we maybe started to play out from the back a lot more than we had previously. When I watch us, you know, if you look back when Emery started this and we were playing out from the back and me and you have been in the ground, we've seen it. Everyone looks at each other where our hearts are in our mouths. We don't want to witness what we're witnessing. We can't handle it. We can't take it. It's just we're shaking. It's, it's We knew we couldn't do it and it was awful to watch. Um, watching us now, just I get rid so, of it, Leno. Just get rid of it. Just shout that every time. But like now, you watch it, and I'm like, I am so confident that we can play out of any press. Yeah. Um, and Rayer, and even like I say, he didn't have masses to do, but even in here, was able to you know pick out some sublime passes that are escaping the press. Not that Everton pressed in any kind of good shape or form but still it's a good way to to ease him in um yeah like i said on my uh more analytical points i suppose is that one one thing that everton obviously do do is lump balls in the box we, we've seen that and actually they do have some of their new players i think his name was beto or meto um yeah he was a, he was a tall tall lad when when dominic calvert lewin come on he, he's a relatively tall guy um, Decore, that they have a lot of tall players in their mitts, and so that they, they are, you know, and Sean Dyche is going to play that style of football. Um, Raya, it, I read this stat and I couldn't believe it at first when I read it. Um, in terms of balls caught last season, so from any kind of dead ball or, or kind of in swingers, out swingers, Raya was uh catching the ball 51 times, that second only behind, strangely enough, Emmy Martinez, uh, former Arsenal goalkeeper, Who? and Ramsdale, uh, yeah, exactly, uh, dead to <laughs> us. Um, uh, Ramsdale had 17 catches, he was second from bottom. Um, and so I do kind of maybe reflect upon this as kind of make, thinking that maybe there was some tactical nature to this change in this specific game. Um, and we've, we've heard Arteta after the game talk about two occasions in past games where he actually considered 
swapping the goalkeeper at 65 70 minutes like a normal substitution and you can actually i i think this was fulham i don't know for sure obviously but I, i'm guessing when we were up at fulham we he, he was thinking maybe i want something that's more reassuring at the back so we can lock down the gates and stop them from countering on us but i don't know that for sure just like the just Rob, Rob holding of goalkeepers coming on to yeah. show you know, like and you, I mean, even you just said it a second ago. You said when Tommy Asu came on, we just looked more assured. Like, who's to say? And I, I'd had a conversation with a friend of mine about this specific change. Like, we, we've talked in past prods about goalkeepers being you had you need to have a defined number one and a mm. defined number two. This could be a new, just modern tactical evolution of the goalkeeping position. Who's to say it can't be? You know, Arteta is a, a very astute tactical manager and he has learned from some of the best. Who's to say that he can't come up with his own ideas for how, no matter how maybe novel, weird or confusing they might seem right now could be something that we look at for sure so there's a thing though right um there's, there's two ways it can go it's either genius well, of course it's we either genius it. or it's absolute like what is he doing arteta has yep. lost it that's yep. what rival fans will think um there's it, it only goes two ways there's no middle ground there with that decision if he ever does it no yeah I, I yeah i mean this is exactly the conversation that we had you know like say he comes in makes a great save it's plaudits for arteta what a master class it doesn't go well he lets in a goal what the hell are you doing why did you change that up what would have ramsdale would have saved that etc etc not something we obviously want to happen but i'm just interested um one thing I'll just say about the balls that Raya played, um, seven successful uh, long balls. That ball he played to Saka, um, particularly, oh, obviously didn't come with anything, but it's his distribution is insane. I mean, we always thought Ramsdale's distribution was pretty good. In the small, um, you know, uh, snapshot that we've got of Raya, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of almost eggs in that basket. I'm almost there. Let's see what happens tomorrow night, just from a... You know, I, I don't know. This is the thing we talked. There's so many things calling back to previous pods that we've done, like unpredictability. We've talked a lot about. Yeah. And Jesus Christ, like any manager that's coming up against us now would just be going, I, have, I ain't got a clue. I ain't got a clue what they're going to do. No idea. Who's right back? Who's in the middle? Who's up top? It is if really good. Really good. Go on. If we, if we had Timber, though. Oh. I mean, I, I, I know there's been a load of stuff on Twitter. There's pictures of him back in his kit for the team photo. I'm assuming he's still way off a return to Arsenal, but he wasn't yeah. on crutches to say the least. So that that is a good news story, yeah, right? Anyway, before we, I, I, I kind of go go hard on Raya, how I, I think he's replacing Ramsdale. Um, obviously Fabio came in for Havertz, as we briefly talked about, and obviously kind of I need to go to uh, the local florist and go and get you some flowers so I can bring them to your door, Jace, and kind of say that I'm sorry, <laughs> I apologize, I still love you. Um, tell me a little bit. Um, uh, about about that change and what you think it meant for us tactically and how we how we kind of won this game yeah uh i mean it was the right decision it was uh, a lovely little uh i was gonna say cameo it wasn't really a cameo which is a great performance from fabio um he was he got he got the start he'd been shown he'd been showing the performances coming off of the bench um and he he got the start and he was consistent um it was a seven out of ten, solid. It wasn't. I wouldn't say he's stealing the show how Odegaard does, but he allowed us to be a much more free flowing team on that left hand side. Um, it unlocked more doors on that left hand side. It's not clicked with Havertz and Martinelli and that kind of like Jacker, Zinchenko, Martinelli thing that was happening last year. That's not. That's not quite they've working. Got the, they've got the Fabio Martinelli uh, combination going on. I think they've got some kind of. Uh, the little pose they do. I think it's Dragon yeah. Ball Z. I'm sure it's from Dragon Ball Z. Um, yeah, they, they've they're, they're, got some partnership that they're reading each other's minds quite well, which is working quite quite good. I think there's something quite natural there for them because obviously they both speak Portuguese. I think they're both very good friends being young and Portuguese speaking in the team. So they, they clearly gel very well off the pitch and they're starting to gel on the pitch well too. Um, they're, you know, Fab, I, we'll talk about the offside off the back of this, I think, but I mean, that assist from Fabio for um, for Martinelli, just really quick thinking. Another beauty. He's just playing some amazing balls. Uh, he's unlocking doors, and and I haven't seen that from Havertz. And um, 
it's exactly what we need. He, uh, it was a, it was a beautiful ball, uh, great finish by Martin. And obviously, it was offside. But I'll talk about that in a sec. Um, and then the, the for me, it's just the energy he brings. And I, I, this may be to do with body language because I'm, I, you know, I, I really want to hear from Arteta exactly what he's expecting Habits to do. So he can go, he can say to the fans, look, he's not, he's never going to do this, by the way. Arteta's never going to divulge this level of tactical knowledge to the fans or the media because he doesn't want And he's not going to throw him under the boat, uh, bus like other managers might do as yeah, well, right? Yeah, absolutely. But as a fan, you kind of want to know what is it? that is specific instructions that Mikel is looking for from habits that justifies that money. So if it's like, if he's got like five things, this, 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 and this, it's like, okay, cool. And then we can go, oh, actually he is doing those things that Arteta wants from him. Okay. Maybe, you know, trust in Arteta. That's, that's fine. But in the moment with him, we don't know what those things are. We're just thinking he's going to like for a light Jacker replacement and you can't compare those two players. So it's very hard to understand what we're getting from, and he's missing sitters, uh, he's misplacing a few passes. So Fabio earned his call. He played really well. I hope he keeps it, if I'm honest, for at least for the time being, gives Habits more time to gel with the squad on the training pitch. Um, yeah, I'm really happy with Fabio. I'm just, yeah, very happy. Compared to how I was feeling at the start of the season when I was like, when I was like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe is it, we were saying, um, not Cozy, is it Cozy or Debris? We were saying, yep. was it? Yeah, uh, might might be coming in, but yeah, no, great performance by him. Yeah. I mean, I would, I, I was going to say, like, generally, he looks, he doesn't look like a different player in terms of like his his physical presence. He's still relatively small. He doesn't look like he's put on a great deal of mass to be thrown into a midfield battle against a relatively bullish team in, mm. in Everton. Was quite, I, uh, you know, a, a decision to make. Well, exactly. You're not you're not playing yeah, like not, against those players yeah. and kind of getting away from it. So that, I mean players. that was yeah, big players for him, and he's he's quite a small dude, right? So he, he kind of did. It's kind of into the fire uh, into the fire a little bit, which is fine, and he did well. Um, I would also say that you know if that assist did come up, and we we'll talk about it a bit, then you know he's got would have had like four and five games then, right? It's, it's a you know, huge return by by his standards, considering the numbers he was putting down and laying down last season. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. He, he deserves to keep his place. He's earned it. Um, I would say that uh, they're different. You know, they are different. And like I say, maybe it's good to know what Havertz is meant to do. He doesn't pass the eye test. This is kind of the way I look at it a little bit. It's like in, I do this a lot in fantasy football. You have the eye test where you watch a player and are they able to do the things that you're expecting them to do? In, in Havertz's case, it's probably not at the moment. But then you mm. look at the, the underlining data and the data is showing that he's probably underperforming on his on his goals because he is getting chances. He's just not putting them away. And he also is covering a lot of ground and he's making a lot of blocks, interceptions and challenges in spaces that maybe we need him to. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still, you know, we want him to succeed. This is the thing. I don't think anyone kind of expects Arsenal fans to be going on and have it thinking he's going to be shit because that's not what we're here to do. We'd love him to succeed. I would. There's one final point I was going to make. If it costs us 65 million to turn Fabio Vieira into the player we all expected him to be, then I'm cool. I don't mind it, right? If that's what it takes in Havers to give him competition to make Fabio yeah. turn into the player we'd love him to be, so be it. It's a byproduct of having to pay that money for Havers, whatever. You know, if, if it works to get two good players out of that deal, I'm all for it. Yeah. And I am too. Well, one question then, one thing we touched on there, which I wanted to talk about. Was it offside? Was it not offside? Yeah, go on. Let's talk about it then. Um, so it's an interesting, right? Because I I do think as the the lay of the the lay of the law, and this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna read out what the PMGOL uh, GOL said, and that was that Var deemed Beto's touch to to not be deliberate, and then therefore Enketia, who was leg was just slightly in an offside position, um, was disallowed. Now, the subjectiveness of this is is whether or not the Everton player deliberately played that pass or not. But I'd also go back to say, like, did Gabriel didn't intend to play that pass either, right? Or, or whoever it was to play that pass into the middle, it ended up going through to Fabio. Just ping, it was, it was right. just a ping ball. It was a ping, ping. Yeah, and it's kind of like, it's, it's subjective. I, I, You know, if that was against us, I think, me, be honest with yourself, Jace, right, you'd hate it to be given. 
And you'd be going, he didn't mean to play that ball. That's what you'd be saying. I know it's relatively subjective and kind of 50-50, so I can see why and why it can't be given. I don't think it should have been given if the shoe was under the foot. Yeah, I mean, I found it was confusing. I was confused. I didn't understand, really. And then, to me also, the problem I had with it was the inconsistency of the line drawing. I know it's a computer that's doing it, but for me... The way the lines were drawn against United when we Ganacho's goal was disallowed, I was like, that's fine. But I can see the way that they drew the line on the pitch and knowing the proportions and the space, I was like, yeah, that's fair. Like, it is offside. But then they didn't have a camera angle to show the offside here from the same angle. It was coming from like one, like the far side of the goal. Yeah, Yeah, from the corner flag area. And I was like, well, hang on. How can that, that? That just doesn't work. Like, I, I'm a little bit. But I think for for a I'm, viewer, I'm, like, I get what you're saying for a viewer, but like you know, the light it's well, all computer. The perspectives and the drawings and everything is gonna. Be, there's no yeah, inaccuracies there. It is quite black it, and white. It, it, it's very hard for the fans. I, I I think they genuinely need to have consistent camera angles for these decisions. Gen genuinely do because I I, I just think it's very very confusing to see that level of inconsistency um and and that's one of the big i think the biggest problems with var as a service to the premier league at the moment it's just completely inconsistent in the types of decisions the way it's making the decisions like there isn't a pro it doesn't feel like there's a common process that's being followed so that was a bit i actually found most frustrating out of all of it and the question now was like well hang on the last one it came off the everton player last so i don't really understand how they tip into the offside but Anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm generally, VAR though, <laughs> yeah, it's difficult, right? Of course, I think, like I say, if she's on the other foot, you'd probably change your mind. But VAR and its interpretation of various different things, we said this about when Havertz went down for the penalty against United as well. You slow everything down to like minute details, and it's really difficult then to kind of determine what would have happened. You know, you've really got to watch those things in real time. Um, to see it and then kind of analyze it using the cameras afterwards. And I would say even like Gary Neville was in commentary and he was confused by the decision. He yeah. didn't really understand what it was. He, he complained about the angles too. Um, like I say, in the, 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 the fan going experience in the ground is even worse. You know, me and you have been there. You do not see anything. You do yeah. not hear anything. All you do is you do your little fingers out, go Ooh, waiting for the decision to be made and then to hear, to see it on the screen. No idea how or why it happened. You've got no idea. You just know that a decision got made, whether it was good or bad. And it's it's awful, frankly. Certainly a lot of improvements they need to make. Yeah. Right. Tell you what, we, we talked uh, far too long on the subject. Me and Jace were aiming for an hour. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and get us back on track. Um, right, we're gonna talk about nobody puts Arsenal in the corner, a little callback to a, a fantastic line from Dirty Dancing. Um, obviously not with Arsenal, but with maybe. Um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about obviously there was um there was two different things we can talk about here, Jace. Obviously, we had a bit of a different routine and there was a bit of nuisance and noise made about these routines in particular. Um, just interested on hearing uh some of your views on this. You're more than welcome to steal any of my statistics should you need them to back up your argument. Um I guess I'm not even going to come for a statistics perspective. As a fan, in our interests, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. Like, you know, if it's happening against you, you're going to moan. If it's happening for you, then then it, then it's great. And we just did what we needed to do, right? I mean, that's just that's the way I look at it. Um, it's not, you don't need to go deeply analytical into it. It's uh, it's, uh, it's just a game plan. It's fine. Do, do you do you genuinely think it was intentional to for more than tactical in terms of either breaking something down? But do you feel there's also maybe a more annoyance level to it, or something else that's been made there to 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 to, to impact the way Everton approached our play? Do do I? Well, I think the uh, I don't know. I, I for me, for me, it's more the the is it intentional? Maybe. Um, 
I think it's more the media picking it up, right? That's the that's the thing. It's always going to be. It's, it, it, there's been tactics like that in all kinds of different, not just in corners, but all kinds of play, um, for 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 years, right? And some of them have just become such norms that no one no one questions it anymore. Like when at the end of the game you have the ball and you take it into the corner flag, you know, like no one questions that anymore. So for me, uh, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm just like, all right, fine. It's just what we're gonna do, is it? All right, fine. As long as it's like, you know, as long as we're not doing, yeah, as long as we're getting the results, and not doing anything stupid. I don't care. Um, so that, that yeah, uh, I know that's not deeply analytical. Um, but I, I'm 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 giving a genuine fans view here. Like, mm. you know, if Arsenal win every game one nil and we're top of the league, and we win the title, playing sometimes a Jose esque football opposed to a Pep Guardiola style football, fine. Um, we let's be honest, we just want trophies now. <laughs> He would, I mean, yeah, I, I would, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say this is like a mundane or boring kind of style yeah, of football and what we've what we've approached there. It's different. It's certainly different to what we've usually done. Yeah, yeah, it's different to what we've usually done, and that's fine. It's not like but all of our game is is um, of that style, <laughs> so mm. you know we're. We are being okay to be a little bit more anatomical. We are being tactically savvy. We are we are being very uh, astute with our decision making and how we're playing. Uh, when to be, you know, when we need to go in our Mark Van Bobble mode. If you if you get that reference, basically just be an absolute ass. Uh, we can do that if we need to. Um, it depends on the situation in the game. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that last point is totally correct. We, for our corners in the first half in particular, I think we set them up in the same way that we have not previously. It's the same way that Declan Rice scored his goal. Yeah, it yeah. is a, a ball to the back post. Um, and those were not working. I think that came across. And that's obviously where we switched it up to the, the short corner routine between Saka and Erdegaard, I think it is, or maybe Fabio and Erdegaard, I can't remember. Um, but obviously we, we we switched that up to a more, a, a different style of corners that, um, and for one of them, obviously Gary Neville called out uh, 26 seconds that we spent on that corner. And that was, it's far too long. How dare they do this? They, they talked about this. Um, read so many threads on this on Twitter because I was, I was really interested just to kind of find out. So the average last season of a corner was 33 seconds. Um, so this was actually a short uh, corner um, by uh, all stretches of the imagination. I mean, the yeah. only thing that you could look at this season that's different is obviously the referees have been kind of told to try and nip as much of the time wasting in the bud as as possible. But yeah. well, Tommy you know, got done, didn't he, under that rule? Well, yeah, and that was actually yeah the same the same amount of time. It was twenty six seconds, which is just so so strange. I mean, throw ins do generally get taken significantly quicker than than say corners or dead ball situations. Um, but still. For us, like it was obviously, I, I want to just give some praise to, to Nikola Shiva, who is the the set piece coach. I think since he came into the club, which is about three or four years now, I think just as like mm. Arteta was coming in, um, I think in the first season we were the highest or at least second highest scoring from set pieces. Um, we are now a much more imposing team as well. So in the, I know we've talked about this before, maybe not on the pod, but years gone by, we would lump the ball into Olivier Giroud, knowing full well that he could do enormous damage with his height and skill. Yeah. We haven't had that level of imposing uh, statured players for some years. You looked at the cameras that went across our lineup, and we're a bunch of big dudes, right? You know, there's a lot of height, there's a lot of power, there's a lot of you know, Gab. If you're playing in corners and you're Gabriel, Declan Rice in the box, like you're gonna be, you're gonna have something. Um, yeah. And I think that's partly where we're mixing up these corners and trying out different things. And it's really, um, I think we're really dangerous from dead ball situations. I think a lot of teams would be really worried, and that's why I think there's a lot of man marking going on um, rather than zonal. When we've seen zonal, we do. I think Man United did zonal, and that's how we scored. So I think. 
teams are going to realize that they can't set that way up against us anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's the presence, right? The corners, like, I, I, it's interesting because when we're when we're free flowing attacking, we're not putting balls in like that wide because unless Havertz is in there, we don't really have the players. We're all quite short at the front, but from the middle to the back, we are big, um, and that's that's great for all parts of our game. But yeah, especially especially with corners, we're getting a lot of lot of lot of goals from people like Gabriel, for example. He gets quite a few headers, doesn't he? Each year, yeah, it does. Yep. So, um, well, I'll tell you what then. Um, as we move on, let's go and talk about attack the block. Uh, we we obviously worked into this game knowing full well that Everton were going to set up in a certain way. They did just that. Um, I mean, I will just say that Everton, frankly, was they were dross. Um, they they didn't really offer anything going forward. They didn't offer a lot in the way and style that they played. But they, they certainly set up in such a way to try and nullify our attacking options. But you know, pick a player out, Jace, who you'd like to talk about as part of our attacking kind of options. Who would you like to kind of maybe focus your attention on first? Um, I'm going to go Eddie for me. Uh, mainly because, again, I've, I've not looked at the stats for Eddie. Never look at the stats. I'm, I'm Out of us two, Grev, you're the one with this. You're, you're the data. I'm the guy with the eye. I look well, do the, the eye, eye, Jace. Do the eye. It's fine. I can look up some data in the background. Go on. Do the <laughs> eye. So for me, we just we can't bring him into the game uh, in, in in specific type of games. Specifically, I've noticed away from home, I think we struggle to bring Eddie into the game. Um, I think about the style of play when we are away from home. We're quite direct in our attack. Um, we use a lot of the wingers. And we really struggle to bring Eddie into the game when we're away from home. I flip every, every time I think about it, I I feel we, we, we benefit more from someone like Jesus in these situations. I think back to the game against Crystal Palace away last year. Hey, we, we were like, we were nervy at that point. Um, we, we, it was a bogey ground for us. Um, Crystal Palace's ground. And, um, and we always seem to never come away with a result there. But Jesus got the ball and he ran it with defenders. He was direct through the middle, twist and turn in, direct, fast pace. And Eddie doesn't do that. Eddie doesn't have that kind of play. And I just feel when you're away against certain teams, Everton is one. Burnley will be another, or was used to be another. Um, there are just certain, a few certain away games, even maybe somewhere like Liverpool, if I'm completely honest as well. I think it'll be the same there where I want to see the striker not be afraid to go at the defenders. And I don't think that that's part of Eddie's game. And particularly that's why when we're away from home, you know, Eddie gets all his goals at the Emirates, a lot of his goals at the Emirates. He doesn't get that many away. And I think that that's, uh, that's a, it's not a criticism of Eddie, because I think you have to have differences in your strikers. And I think Eddie and Jesus are becoming quite clear that they're, they're, they are different in what they bring to the squad. But um, so it's not necessarily criticism. I just think Jesus fits that game better, if I'm honest. And um, I guess I, my, my question was, was going to really be, is it, is it time for Jesus? Um, I mean... Have you got any stats for Eddie before we we answer that question? I've been I've been having a little dig only just on some of the the kind of bits. You're right. I think statistically speaking, he scores more at home than he does away. I mean, this season particularly he hasn't. So that is uh, totally accurate. I mean, just talking about like general goals. So like last season, I'm quite surprised by this. Um, how many goals and assists do you think Eddie and Ketia got last season, Jace? Goals and assists combined. Yeah, goals and assists combined. Uh, to contributions, I re- so I reckon probably fifteen. Just in the league, fifth in the fifth, league. I'm fifth, talking goals and contributions, goals and assists. I reckon about fifteen in the league. In the league, yeah, right. He had six, six goals and contributions in the league. He had four goals and two assists. Is that it? 
which I, I'm just he, he was I'm in with, for so long in Jesus. I know that's from 30, 30 games. Obviously, it's not 30 starts, it's obviously off the bench. But okay. by, yeah, by comparison, right. Gabby, Gabby Jesus had 11 goals and seven assists. It's, it's obviously his ceiling of contributions is, is significantly larger. Granted, he had about almost double the amount of minutes. I know, like I said, like you say, he was obviously injured for a big period, but when he came back, he was back. Um, yeah. If you yeah, if you really want to if you really want to do the maths, what you have to do is you look at Gabby uh, Jesus's assists and goals, and then weigh up Saka and Martinez's assists and goals during that same time Gabriel Jesus is available, and then yeah, I think there's, there's goals a difference and, about like, how you they, can do how the maths and right? contribute together. Yeah. Um, and I would say, I mean, that's a good point because let's let's move on to maybe Saka then because this is one one point I did want to raise. Is you, you, I don't know what you thought. Do, do you think I put a, a comment in our in our um, chat? Like, is is he off the boil? Just from your your fan view, like you said previously, right, Jace? Tell me what you what your eyes are seeing. Is he off the boil? And I want to tell you what I can tell from the data that I maybe tells the story. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, there are two things that stand out to me from the eye, which would imply he's off the boil. One is defenders have worked out that he's just going to cut in. They've all worked out he's just going to cut in. But and can some, you stop him? <laughs> sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. But at Everton, away, away from home, yeah, you can stop him. At the Emirates, it's definitely harder. Um, then... Uh, where was Ben White again? Where was the overlap? I didn't see that much of it. Um, and and we all, Ben White admitted in an interview pre-season that his importance to enabling Saka to be world-class. So like, my job's just to make Saka look like the best player in the world. That's his job. He knows his job. But I, I don't feel like we've been playing that kind of same kind of way with commitment from the, from the defence this season. Mm-hmm. Because we're inverting our wing backs a bit more and we're being more solid. And so I'm not seeing Ben going forward as much. I think that's so, exactly your point there, though. Like, Zinchenko, because he's inverting, I don't think we can afford to send Ben White forward as much as maybe you would like. Yeah, but... I, it, I, it leaves us vulnerable, right? With, with If you've got both of them playing high up the pitch. Yeah. I just feel as a result, it's having an impact on the number of goals we're scoring. Now, I don't know if that's... We're going slightly off Saka here, but I think it's just important to just divert for one second. I talked at the beginning about us not scoring enough goals. Maybe Mikel isn't caring about the number of goals scored. He's more caring about whether we can play games out like to the end. So if we only score one, but we only need to score one, can we? Can we? Can we? Can we play the game out to the end with a clean sheet? because we're inverting one of the midfielders and then we're playing more solid at the back and we're not attacking as much. Maybe that's what he's trying to do. I personally was of the opposite opinion at the end of last season. And I am still a little bit this season, which is, as I always said, we're lacking goals. Like you look at the number of goals Liverpool scored, the number of goals City has scored already, and we're well behind. Um, So for me, I'm like, we're missing goals. Granted though, you Mikel would probably say, yeah, but look at the data and the fact that we're still getting the points in, we're still getting the results. So, but we want to see goals, right? And I just feel like when I, we're not, especially City, like I thought there might be a drought from City this year. There definitely is not. So yeah, sorry to divert slightly about, um, but I, I think there's a difference there. And I think that that's particularly important to consider when Saka may be off the boil. Um, we, we, I feel we're missing those goals. And uh, I'm not seeing as much contributions from him this season. Okay. What does his stats say then? Tell me where I'm wrong here, Griff. Well, maybe not how you're wrong, because I, I, I'm with you. You know, like I said, from the eye test, I I agree with you. Saka particularly doesn't seem to be on the boil as much as he was last season. And that, like I say, got some stuff I started to have a look at. And it does tell a bit of a different story. So currently got three non-penalty G goals and assists in five games. That return is better currently than last season at the moment. Okay. Um, he scored two goals by this point in time last season. So yeah, like I say, maybe I think he scored one goal and two assists currently. 
Um, he is dribbling more often, and when he is dribbling, uh, dribbling more often, he's been more successful in those dribbles by comparison to the same period last season. Um, he's had fewer turnovers, and he's had a higher chance creation. Now, all of those statistics are pointing in a direction that would tell you that he is currently, and I talked a lot in previous pods about incremental gains. If you were looking at it just like that, like money ball, right? It, that is telling you that it's better. Granted, like you say, and I think part of this actually, like if you don't want to look at just Saka in, in a bubble, that's where it starts to get more complex because Martinelli hasn't been as um as on fire as maybe he has in the previous season Erdegaard I think is on on par I think he has got um the same kind of return so statistically speaking he's on a kind of better tally than last year and as such like you you might just read I don't know what it is maybe our, our expectations are just higher we just expect more maybe you're right in thinking that players have become more astute we, we talked a lot in last year about teams doubling and tripling up on him and maybe that overlap from Ben White is then unlocking more because he is freer to make that run and maybe isn't currently um so like I say I don't think I I like you would think at first that yeah we've we've got a problem there because we need particularly when Eddie isn't scoring we need those in and around that attack to be doing more um, but maybe you're right. Maybe that it's quite an astute observation that maybe we are not targeting uh, a goal difference as a metric that matters. You know, how likely is it going to be that we are equal at points at the end of the season and that goal difference is going to play a part? Highly unlikely, right? Highly unlikely. What the more likely scenario is that one of the teams is going to be better off by a much significant point difference. And that is only gained by winning games. Um, so yeah, I think that you're right. We're probably just going to target winning games rather than scoring goals. Yeah, one nil to the Arsenal. It's going to be like the old school, Jace. But you know, I'll take that every day of the week if we win the league. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, enough about. Well, actually, uh, before I suppose, do you maybe want to just mention uh, we we obviously did score a goal in this game, and it was a fantastic goal to boot. Yeah, oh, Trossard, lovely goal. It's just that he, he, was it Trossard that scored one in preseason as well, like this. What I mean by obviously it was a completely different part of the pitch of the of the of the of the, of the um, opposition's box, but it was the way he had to adjust his feet. It was the um, the way that he you know he had to get his feet out from underneath him and he just put it. Yeah, in this case he put it in in the far side of the of the left of the goal. Keeper had no chance. Pickford was stood, and I think he scored one similar. I think it was a Tierney pinged a ball in in preseason against. MLS All Stars, maybe. Or yeah, maybe, maybe no, maybe MLS uh, All Stars. But yeah, again, he had like he's just ability. It's the way he's able to use the side of his foot on his left foot to caress the ball into the net. I just love it. Beautiful finish. Um, Quite quiet apart from that. Obviously, he came on for Martinelli because Martinelli took a little intro. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's getting. He in the moment, I, I, I'm I, I'm I'm really in a difficult place on whether he should start because when he did, we were campaigning for him to start after preseason. When he did start against Fulham, uh, Fulham was the game you didn't come to, wasn't it? Yeah, and I didn't watch yeah. it actually, so I can. I was on the beach. So yeah, you talked uh, a little bit about how bad he he was in that game. Yeah, he get, he had to come off. He was not good. Um, mm-hmm. So that I'm slightly torn about whether he should be starting. But when he comes on, for we're the probably pitch, we're probably not got a scores. chance now, right? Martinelli's going to be out for a little bit at least. I don't know how long for. How I, has anyone said? I, I've not read anything. The only thing I saw is that he Arteta said in the presser before PSV that they need to assess it. He's not going to be in PSV. And he also said we have to assess it before, so he's just being cagey. Um, I don't think it's bad. Um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm. I think if it was bad, they would have already said something about it. But maybe we might be in similar situation to Thomas Party, keeping our cards very close to our chest with a looming North London derby on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that's the big one. Yeah, actually, they're both big. But yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, we're gonna move on. Obviously, we that, that was the kind of Everton game kind of wrapped up a lot of the talking points, but we've got this is a huge week. 
for for Arsenal Football Club, right? We we obviously off the back of a big three points at Goodison. We're going to be going to the Emirates tomorrow night to play uh, PSV again in a very Europa looking tie, which is unfortunate. I know it sounds stupid to suggest that I would have probably prefer to see a, a big European giant at the Emirates to get the old Champions uh, League tune out to, but you know, so be it. Um, PSV at home. We actually were there last season, right, Jason? Yeah, about to say. Game. Was, I think was, we drew. Yeah, we were lucky to drew. I, I remember yeah. um, Simmons being absolutely all over us at the Emirates. Yeah. And then he's we lost. Now, right? Yeah, he has. He's gone back. Good. I think he's gone to PSG, I think. Yeah. Or he might have gone to Has he gone to Leverkusen? I can't remember where he went. He went. He, he, he left anyway. Um, yeah, uh, those games were awful last year. Which uh, means I'm still a little bit nervous. Uh, about I mean, I, I, w- I would say, I, you know, sometimes I do think that getting getting G'd up for a home tie in a group we were cruising in against a, a relatively weak European side, it's maybe not so easy to kind of get amped and ready for that game. We're mm-hmm. going to be playing our first Champions League game in... Is it eight years or six years, Jace? You're gonna to have to correct me. I can't remember. It's not eight. Yeah, it's a bit long. It's it's about six. I think it's about six okay. years. It's been a while. Uh, we're going to be under the lights. We're going to get North London forever playing when the lights are flashing around the Emirates. We're going to get that Champions League tune. You know, if you can't get excited and up for that game tomorrow, then uh, you don't deserve to be here. And I, I am. I'm dead excited for it. Uh, I suppose the, the main question is, I don't know a lot about PSV. I think you've wrote down some stats. There. I'm just wondering, what do you, tactically, what do you think? Is there going to be some changges in the 11? And and do our PSV a side that we need to be worried about, I suppose, is the question. Oh, a few questions there. Um, I'll start with the PSV. Do we need to be worried about them? A little bit, yes. Uh, four games from four, four wins huge goal difference now it is the Eredivisie um so how much you take those wins for PSV for granted because and say it's it's a farmer league um you know I I I won't take them for granted because I think they outplayed us in both games last season and we were lucky in the Europa League to take a take a draw and we got we got smashed in Eindhoven um so and we had strong lineups out in some of those games. So I'm not taking them for granted. I think we need to go with our strongest team. Um, particularly like they have De Jong, who's 33 years old, but he's banging in goals for fun. Um, I've not watched all of the games and the highlight reels, but I've been going and checking through the scores and looking at the stats, and like it's just De Jong, De Jong, De Jong, De Jong every game. Like he's scoring goals. So like they're on form. Um and they're always up for a year. I think the Champions League, especially, is a very um, any European tournament, but the Champions League and Europa League, they're a bit unpredictable, right? Like form kind of sometimes goes out of the window because uh, PSV will be up for it. They will be absolutely up for it. So it, it, I, I generally actually think it, it, uh, the atmosphere in the ground, Grev, um, Grev's going tomorrow. I'm I'm on holiday, but Grev got a ticket. Um, will be absolutely really important. So be loud, Greville. Be I'm loud. on my own tomorrow. I'm going to have to generate some some songs. Although I haven't set in the, uh, I think it's the West Stand, right? Uh, yeah, it's the West Stand. It's in there. It's, you're, you're literally just to the side of a dugout and up. Yeah, uh, I've never, I haven't sat there. I, I don't think I've ever sat there, apart from maybe during an Emirates Cup, because they're slightly, that, that's a season ticket sort of area so i am i'm interested to look forward to what kind of noise and stuff they get generated there because yeah close, i wanted to bring out the, the new erdegaard song is basically what i want to do yeah. you'll be closer to the corner oh, um, where there's a lot of the noises but um yeah yeah uh so i want to see us put our strongest line out i'm tempted to say let's play re- I, do you know what? there's two players i want to see jesus i want to see in i think it's perfect game for jesus um and then the only other change I would maybe make is I might give Reese Nelson a go. He brought energy when he came on against United. I kind of, if he could bring that energy. What, for Saka? Probably, no, I put him on the left. So instead of Trossard? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think a bit of uh-huh. energy there. Um, so, yeah, that's my kind of answers uh, to your stick or twist with the team. And PSV, should we be scared? Yeah, a little. I would be. I, I, it's not a guaranteed win. Um, also, keeper 
do you think Raya's staying in goal or do you think Rambo's coming back in? I think he will play Ramsdale and I think Raya comes in for the North London derby. Ooh, Hot take. Interesting. But who knows? I'm not going to give a go at predicting our 11 because I've got no fucking idea. <laughs> I reckon Raya's in the number one, mate, and I reckon that's it. I mean, that is crazy to think that. I think that if you were to look in your heart of hearts and kind of answer the question when he came in honestly and say, is he here to replace Aaron Ramsdale? We'd likely say yes. Um, did you think it was going to happen this quickly? I don't think anybody would have said yes to that answer. It is kind of crazy to think that it might have turned around in the space of four games. I remember Leno. There's been, there's been nothing. There's been, I know, but there's no... Like, Leno... Uh, I know we're getting into the, the old, Leno was poor. Ramsdale was not poor. This is the, the uh, anyway, let's let's not get into it because I think it's a big old subject. One one point, one last thing. I every game this season I've said there's always one. There's always one. There wasn't one on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you put it, you want to put some predictions down, Jace? What, what are you thinking? Then go on, give me your prediction, right? Uh, this is actually a proposal for the podcast, so it's a competition between you and I, where everyone can listen along, play along if you want. Maybe we should do a listener league. Um, you pick two games from the Champions League each week, um, and you have to do score predictions one point for a win and or the correct uh, outcome, uh, should I say, win, loss, or draw, and three points if you get the score bang on. Um, I haven't actually looked at any, because there's obviously games going on or would have just finished now. Um, so I, I, I was going to pick uh, PSG Dortmund. Um, tell me, you've not looked, so I've got the score up now, so tell me what you think it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, we're starting. I'll, I'll let you have the points if you get it. <laughs> uh, I reckon it was going to be... 2-1 Dortmund. Um, and I was also going to go Arsenal PSV, 3-1 Arsenal. Okay. Uh, you, well, you're wrong on PSG Dortmund. <laughs> great. So, uh, uh, so well, great start, Jace. Is it a win for Dortmund? Did Dortmund PSG win? PSG won 2-0. <laughs> so zero points. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, start making the league tally. Start as you mean to go on. Uh, so you said 3-1 to Arsenal against PSV, right? Yeah. Right, I'm obviously going to go because I've looked at the results, so I'm going to pick off some games. Although Man, Man City came back, they were losing 1-0 to Red Star. Um, Jesus. And then they've obviously came back and won 3-1, which is typical. Maybe, maybe um, pick, of... pick a game for tomorrow, mate. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little look now. The, the, the spiciest one, the tastiest one, of course, is Bayern versus Manchester United. Oh, please pick that, um, yeah. At the alley hands. So I'm going to go 3-0 Bayern. Um, and I think Harry Kane's going to get a brace. Oh, that would be good, actually. Let's do that. And, uh, but then I'll go Arsenal PSV as well, just to give it uh, some some uh, obviously uh, relevance to us. I think it's two 0 to Arsenal. Um, so that's mine. Okay, nice. Let's see how we come back to it tomorrow. Um, right, uh, let us move on to our final bit, which is the parking lots. I'm sure Jace is going to go in on his usual subject because his blood is boiling um, as it is on a week by week uh, case. Go on, give us give us this week's uh, take on the ticket situation at Arsenal Football Club, Jace. That's not much more to say. Just an update for anyone who's interested. We still haven't got any tickets. Um, we didn't get for Seville, we didn't get for PSV, we didn't get for um, what was the last game we went in for? We didn't well, we've get had Sheff- City, Spurs, uh, Sheffield yeah, PSV, United. Sheffield United. Yes, that's five. Yeah, um, that it, we haven't got. yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm fortunate that I have a friend who has a season ticket, um, and she pinged me. Uh, going, I can't go. Would you like my ticket? To the point I was like, hmm, do I tell the wife that I'm cancelling the holiday to the Lake District for three nights to our luxury spa to uh, go watch Arsenal versus PSP? So, so now, I, I revel I, in the opportunity that Jason actually loves his wife. Uh, so, you know, fantastic <laughs> news for me. <laughs> uh, that's right. I'll be, uh, I'm going to set it up on the iPad. Um, I'm going to buy TNT Sports as well. 
Yeah, you can't even use my login anymore, Jace. <laughs> yeah, we're watching that from the jacuzzi. Yeah. Um, yeah, just not good ticket situation. Um, lots of fans want to be in the ground, can't be in the ground. We can't be in the ground. It's it's heartbreaking. It's making it hard. Is it making it hard? It is. It is. It is affecting me mentally. Like I'm not. I'm not as engaged with it as I want to be. Because I want to be in the ground. I want to be feeling things. And you're in the ground. There's a different feeling to, like, the only way I can kind of replicate it is if we all come together and we watch the game together. But obviously, you know, it's hard at times when life's getting week. in the way a little bit. Yeah, life gets, it, yeah. gets in the way. And um, so, yeah, because obviously when you bought a ticket, yeah, that's it. You're making the commitment. But as if, you've, if you're not actually going to the game, there's always other stuff going on in life around the game that same day. And so... You're just squeezing in the game while it's on and, and, and kicking anyone else out of the room to, to watch a telly. So, um, yeah, it's annoying. Uh, i got nothing more to add. I don't want to be too down about it. It's just, you know, I could, no, I could, I mean, vent, I could vent, but if no one's been Arsenal to listen to this podcast, are they? They ain't going to do anything. So. No, I know, but it's, it's, it is, like, I'm with you, it's frustrating. I think one of the, um, I spent uh, a lot of time this week on the exchange before I knew that you could get me um, a ticket trying to get a single and like you I've experienced the same problem where it's showing you tickets in the map of the ground you click on them they're not there um, you go into another list there's there's nothing there one might appear by the time you try and get it into your basket it goes it is an absolute farce um, and I did actually manage to get one in the basket as you were texting me like I said when we were trying to get the other ticket so that was Maybe as you get closer uh, to games, it might open up a little bit more. But it just feels, you know, for, 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 for me and you who went to, I think we went to 10 games last season. And that was probably, we probably could have gone to more if we wanted to. It certainly became we much went, more problematic. We went in for more. The, yeah, well, well, towards the end of the season became much more difficult um, because of the situation that we were in. Um so it is disappointing because I know, and uh, me and you love to go to games. We love the atmosphere. We love just taking part and being part of the crowd and win, lose or draw. We, you know, we we, we go and watch our team and uh, as much as we possibly can. And it is disappointing to kind of feel that we were there, you know, in, in some of the bad times. I think we were there when Bayern smashed us like 4-1. Um, it was eight two, and I could go over two games. I can't remember off the top of my we head. Went through the Emery Banty year. That was that was fun. I mean, we've been through a lot of the Banty years. You know, I've seen a lot of uh, Johan Giroud, Scalacci's, um, uh, Frimpongs. I've seen enough of the dross to to kind of feel like I've earned my stripes a little bit to to go to the good times. Um, so it is a bit sad. But um, yeah. I'm not letting it dampen my spirits. I still love our club through and through. And I feel that they're a much closer connection to this club than I ever have in previous years because of all the work that Arteta and the community have done over the past two or three seasons. So don't want to really take some of that for granted. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, Sunday, another big game's coming up. Just a quick, give me a quick one minute blitz, Jace. How are you feeling? bit nervous i just usually because it's yeah a little bit exactly like that uh for anyone um, how do i describe that graph for people listening it, on the it's podcast a, it's a twitchy twitchy bum time i think is what it's i call it yeah squeaky bum time um yeah it it's only because tottenham are turning it on it's like they're playing with their chains have been released and they're playing with uh bit of free spirit and I think they'll be up for this game. Richarlison is turning into a rude Van Nistelrooy hate figure for me. Um, he always was because he always scored against us for Everton and then he was a laughing stock for his first season at Tottenham but I think Kane not being there means he can be the main man. I think it fits him perfectly. I think we're going to absolutely hate him by the end of the year if we don't already. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, Ange Postacoglu's got them playing really, really well. So, credit to him. He seems like a nice guy as well. I don't really hate him, which is annoying. Um, as you know, you're not, we're not meant to like Spurs managers, but he seems like a genuine. He's quite likable, nice, isn't he? That's a really he's a very likable guy, yeah. It's <laughs> really annoying. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, I, I think it's going to be a very hard game. They've had a great start to the season. Um, 
yeah i mean we need to but but i also don't fear us um at home because when last two last two or three north london derbies at home the atmosphere has been electric we've been to some of them we are always on it absolutely on it and i know the ground the crowd i know we'll all be on it you know um and so i'm fearing that tottenham will be a harder team to play than they usually are at the same time i know we'll be absolutely on it so um so yeah i think that's probably a, a good thing um long as we're not too fatigued from champions league because spurs won't have any european football and we will that's a concern maybe mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, that's that's a summary of the north london derby uh the emirates is the only place to watch champions league in london uh this year just for everyone's awareness um uh it's a big game um and I, I did look you know like me like we've already talked about i'm a bit of a statty uh statty person this time last year we were at 15 points and not quite the 13 that we have this year and we we just got into our sixth game of the season and that game was against manchester united and we lost 3-1 um so not to put a downer on this but it kind of feels similar in the sense that we're, we're coming into a game with our tails up but maybe man united didn't have their tails up as much as maybe spurs do in this situation but also they're leaky as hell at the back. They are vulnerable as anything. They were fortunate to get points against Sheffield United at the week. Yeah, I was about to say, I did see the highlight. I was um, watching a lot of the highlights earlier. Yeah. Um, um. So, you know, I, I don't... There's goals There's goals in this game. And, and what a North London derby it will be to not witness Harry Kane dive, crawl on our players, get a penalty. I am, I am most looking forward to just not seeing his smug face scoring a penalty and doing his stupid fist. However, I will obviously look forward to seeing that against Man United uh, tomorrow. <laughs> um, right, that is us. It's, it's been an hour and uh, six minutes, Jay. So almost on target. An absolutely wondrous evening spent with yourself to talk about Arsenal. Um, before we sign off, usual customary things to do. This is going to get uploaded to YouTube. What should people do on YouTube, Jace? Uh They should please give us a thumbs up, leave a comment, ask a question, and we will try to... Well, let's be honest. I don't. I don't think we've had any questions yet. So yeah, of course oh, we'll yeah. put it in. Well, we're eager. We're eager. Give us questions. Eager, eager beavers. Uh, and on uh, your podcast provider of choice, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you might find it. What should they do there, Jace? Oh, a lovely five star review would be uh, would be appreciated if um, if you if you feel obliged. And uh, yeah, just say nice things. <laughs> lovely. Right, uh, look forward to tomorrow. The Champions! Wednesday night, under the lights, at the Emirates, PSV. Sunday, we got Spurs, so a big week ahead. Happy uh, for you to come and join us when we talk about those games, and thank you very much uh, for joining us this evening. Thank you very much, guys.